You're listening to Resurrection Life Podcast with your hosts, Father Steve Madsen and Richard Budd, the podcast of the Church of the Resurrection in Lansing, Michigan. In today's episode, we talk about upcoming events this fall. We hear a reflection on being prepared for the end times, and we listen to a poem by Jeremy Dowsett, Chop Suey 1978. Welcome to Resurrection Life Podcast. episode of Resurrection Life Podcast with your host Richard Budd and with me as always. Father Steve. How are you doing, Father? Doing well. Uh, we are uh, recording on a beautiful fall day. Well, it's still summer, but it's fall day. Technically it's fall, but it's, yeah. I mean, technically it's summer, but I'm wearing a sweatshirt today. No, it's it's it, it's perfect. It's yeah. not even 70. This is three o'clock in the afternoon. I love these days. <laughs> and especially today is the day when the hurricane came Oh, today uh, it hit down. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Well, uh, you know, we can't have one of these episodes start without giving the weather report so that people That's can right. find out how it was two weeks earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. We're, we're like living history. Exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of time and the fall and... Uh, and and the and the course of uh, uh, marching forward on and on, uh, we've got several, I think, very interesting things that are coming up yeah. in and around the parish. This so the, it is the beginning. I mean, beginning of the school year, beginning of formation. We had the the series on hope that we just concluded, uh, which was great. But there are some upcoming events, and, and be happy to to talk to the parish about them. So. To begin with, we have uh, the Alpha Marriage Course. You want yeah, to speak we, a little bit about that? We ran that before, and I think maybe you were yeah. part of that. Uh, it begins on October 5th, and then it runs seven weeks on Thursday nights. Thursday nights, okay. The the, the doors are open at 6, uh, dinner at 6.30, and then there's a video, and then discussion at tables. And it's, it's, it's kind of a date night, so each of 24 couples, it's limited uh, in scope just to what is manageable in terms of setting out tables so that you feel like you've got privacy. Mm-hmm. So each of the couples has their own table. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you listen to a video. It's it's not going to be, for at least from my experience, it's not so much about the theology of marriage or the spirituality of marriage. It's really about the skills. That's right. You know, communication, uh, how to, to work out um, difficulties, things like that. Uh Really good advice and tools. That I, I would, I would totally recommend it. Well, and that's that's an endorsement. I obviously haven't gone through it, right? So. <laughs> Nor tried to live with a wife. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. And, and you know, I talk about uh, how challenging and difficult marriage is, but the the sacrament of marriage gives grace. But we oh, need yeah. we need um, wisdom of others as well. Yeah, grace builds on nature. So these Absolutely. very kind of practical things about, you know. Living with another human being is one thing, and then when it's a man and a woman who just experience the life differently, right. uh, you have different perspectives and different approaches on how to deal with things, and and having the uh, some just skills on how to communicate better and how to see perspectives differently and things like that is immensely helpful. So and and it's it's always a good meal. And yeah, depends on on. The- uh, you know, I haven't seen the videos, but I everything that Alpha has done, I've been impressed with. Yeah, it was well done. So that's October, beginning of October 5th, Thursday yeah. nights. Doors open at 6, sign up. A uh, few days after that first week, 
That's right, uh, on the 7th. On the 7th, we're going to have... Our daddy-daughter dance. And uh, as I recall, it's... Uh, you may remember this from times past. I probably should know this, but I think it's girls four or five years old. Yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. But we'll have more information uh, on the bulletin. Sorry that we didn't do more, but our better preparation for this. But I, I really like the fact that we can invite daddies or father figures to come with uh, daughters or granddaughters and have yeah. an evening together. It's a real special night. Uh, the girls are all excited. They're all dolled up and pretty. And mm-hmm. um, the the people that organize it have done a great job in the past. They've got a photographer there that takes a nice photo. And I think typically we've had a Kaylee dancing. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so there's a, a nice spread, you know, desserts and uh, pizza and, and maybe it'll be something different this time. I don't know. But... Um, uh, then there's Kaylee dancing, and so the dads get up and awkwardly try to dance with their 12 year old daughters, and it's, or expertly. Or come expertly. On, come on, Rich, I know you're. I know you're moving toward. It, that. it was awkward, okay. <laughs> but it was beautiful, really. I mean, because you just see the yeah. girls just, you know, uh, just in love with their fathers, and the yeah. dads, um, you know, shining, trying to keep up with their little girls. So. And it, it, as if that weren't enough, the next day, uh, that's Saturday evening, the eighth. No, the seventh, uh, and on on the the ninth, if I have the date correctly, let's see. So the seventh nope. is the seventh is the uh, daddy daughter dance, mm-hmm. and then on the eighth, uh, we're going to start uh, a potluck afternoon showing of season two of The Chosen. Oh, great! So the main dish will be available. I think this is two o'clock, and okay. then there'll be showing of probably two episodes each week. And there won't be discussion afterward. It will be just kind of make journal entries, and then at the end of the season, we'll have discussions about what it has meant to those who were able to be part of it. That's wonderful. The Chosen, I can't praise it enough. Yeah, Uh, It really does a great job of helping you to see Christ and his humanity, um, helping to kind of had the perspective of people that were really coming to realize who this person was that was walking amongst them. Um, some of those uh, miraculous healings, like what that might have looked like, it's, it's so well done. Well, and, and the actor uh, who plays Jesus, I think, is really convincing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a poignancy to the way that he has uh, both... Uh, gravitas, but also joy, and there's and a humor. lightness and humor yeah. about his demeanor. There's a freedom in yeah. his. Uh, so, like you said, he has his moments of gravitas, but there's also a freedom in the way he relates a, to the other lightness. characters. It, yeah. it, no, I really do think that they've captured it well. Mm-hmm. I've been impressed by it. Yeah, October eighth is also. Um, the uh, Safe Haven Sunday. It's a diocesan-wide annual event that will be beginning to help parents, equip parents uh, regarding pornography. Yeah, that's right. So the United States bishops wrote a document on pornography, oh, probably about six or seven years ago. And one of the, kind of one of the phrases they used to describe the home is the home should be a safe haven from pornography. And so... uh, We're asking all the parishes from a diocesan perspective to use that weekend as a time to draw attention to not only the responsibility that parents have to be well-educated on the issue and the tools that are available, but also um, 
how are they managing their home and their children's access to devices and all these kinds of things so that to protect them. Um, but also, uh, so it's like protection, uh, education, and then healing. Is I, I think, I think it's, 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 it's brilliant. Uh, we neglected to say, but it's true that October 1st is pro-life Sunday mm-hmm. and that'll be the day when, uh, we, along with many others, will gather uh, along Grand River, beginning in East Lansing, heading east for the life chain at 2.30 to 3.30 uh, on the October 1st. So that's for the 40 days of life? Yeah. All right. So then another kind of diocesan perspective event, or at least for our region, is um, on October 14th at the cathedral, we'll have our first um, healing mass for victims of um, domestic, domestic violence. violence. Uh, we're working on whether or not we'll have healing teams at the mass, but regardless, we will have healing teams that evening because that evening is encounter. That's right. So, uh, if you know anybody that has been a victim of, of domestic violence, um, that will be a time for prayer and for healing, uh, regarding that issue. Yeah. I think that, that those who suffer from domestic violence often, I feel like they have to do so in silence. Mm-hmm. There, there's a sense in which they... Yeah, there's some sign of like shame that yeah, comes with that. Right. I have not been able to understand because I haven't experienced it myself, right. but uh, that's not something that they should have to, Absolutely to live with. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful for uh, Bishop Boyer and, and Father Pong uh, and your office, frankly, saying let's do something Yeah, domestic violence is something I've wanted to give attention to for quite some time. We were... Early last year, we were looking at how we could address it, and then Proposition 3 came up and kind of tossed everything into the air. Yeah. Um, but this has been something that we wanted to start addressing more. So I think you might have mentioned it, but October is Domestic Violence Awareness. Yes, yes, it is. So that's why we're going to be doing it in October. Uh, we mentioned Encounter, uh, so that will be... Um, yeah, and uh, I, I just... If you have not yet come to an encounter, I think you would find that the Holy Spirit is is present uh, in a in a palpable way, uh, it is a gift to me to be able to see the the hearts and and souls responding to the Lord's presence in the Eucharist and a testimony, uh, a brief reflection, and then just an opportunity to come and and pray and ask for healing for ourselves, uh, beginning there, but also for those we love. Mm-hmm. Anything else coming up in October? Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I think that's what we've got. At this point, uh, scheduled, please do pray for the various individuals whom you might invite to some of these events. I invite couples to register sooner rather than later for the marriage course. Yeah, that'll fill up. And and perhaps you are listening to this and are thinking about another, maybe a family or a friend whose marriage could use some time together to reflect in not what's wrong with our relationship, but learning together how they can love each other better. It is not easy to mm-hmm. love each other sacrificially, sacramentally, uh, in any kind of deep relationship. I think about the religious life. Yeah. That's a hardship, sure. but there's grace there. Mm-hmm. Husbands and wives, there's a difference between men and women. Everyone knows that. And so we don't see things the same way. And so benefiting from that series can uh, hopefully give grace to those couples to dare to hope that their marriage can not just survive, but thrive. Yeah. And I would maybe just invite, maybe you are a single person, maybe you're 
uh, a widow or widower, uh, and you know of a couple in your life that would go to something like this, but feel like they're they're restricted because of their obligations to care for small children, maybe offer to babysit for them so they can get out of the house. I know that's something that my wife and I run into a lot of times as we would like to go and do things, but that's a great we're idea. restricted by uh, you know the, the the very real details of childcare, um, and so uh, to help our young couples with with taking care of their young children so they can get out to these things would be very helpful. A couple of other things that are coming which are based in prayerfulness. We've got uh, the annual Rosary Congress, which will run from October 8th through the 14th. And what we're going to be doing here is after the evening Mass on the 11th, uh, we'll have the Blessed Sacrament exposed all night be an opportunity through the night to pray the rosary each hour, and then we'll have benediction at 7.30 Thursday morning prior to uh, the rosary and then the morning mass. So look for uh, a link on the, on the website for, for that opportunity, and then we'll have another intercessory prayer meeting uh, all uh, on November 3rd, which is a Friday. And of course, November 1st is the Great Solemnity, and Holy Day of Obligation for All Saints Day. That's so right. make sure you put that in your calendar. All right, well, that should uh, get people a little view into the what's coming up in the parish in the fall. And let, let us do indeed pray for each other and take time every day uh, to pray and to listen to the Lord's love, his call to love. Uh, for that's what this life is about, is receiving his love and giving his love away. All right, for another week, this is Rich. And Father Steve. God bless. It is said that there is nothing sure in life than death and taxes. In the following reflection from Sean O'Neill, we examine what Jesus tells us about the end times, when either we will die or the Lord will return for judgment. We look at how we can prepare for either scenario. Be prepared. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told us that he would return to us at some point in the future. So far, we have waited for a couple of millennia for that event to take place. The disciples thought that he would come back within their own lifetime, and the Christians in the early church stood ready, believing that at any minute Jesus would descend from the clouds to establish God's kingdom on earth. In 1 Thessalonians 4, St. Paul tells us what will happen when he does return. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. For the vast majority of us, however, the end will come at the point of our own death. What should we do to prepare for that? After all, if the Lord doesn't come back soon, it is certain that each and every one of us will, sooner or later, reach the end of our earthly life. One of the things that brings the reality of our mortality closer to us 
is the untimely death of someone we know. Among the emotions that can flood us as part of the grief process, there is an awareness that this life here below is finite and that we are destined for a life beyond this world. For some who suffer much through physical illness, destitution or oppression of one kind or another, death may come as a relief. For some, after leading a virtuous holy life, the prospect of meeting God face to face is one that excites us and towards which we look with eager anticipation. Some of us, on the other hand, may fear death. We may cling to this life and try to prolong it as much as possible. We may feel unready to face the judgment that will come to us when we die. We may fear hell or even purgatory. In this life, there is a big temptation to place our trust in the things of this world. We are told that the highest good is to be found in seeking pleasure at all costs and avoiding pain as much as possible. We are told that fame and influence and the approval of those around us are to be cultivated, even if it means trampling on other people or indulging in minor dishonesties. We are told that we should amass as much money as possible to ensure that when we retire, we will be able to keep up a lavish lifestyle. But Jesus, who is a shrewd judge of human nature, warns us against such a course of action. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, he says this, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat Drink and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. What should have been the attitude of that rich man? Quite simply, to trust in God rather than in any worldly benefit. In the last analysis, this life is really about purification. All of us are fallen human beings and we are prone to evil. We are susceptible to the influence of the world, the flesh and the devil. We are also damaged by the hurts and traumas of life. And yet, it is also a fact that unless we are perfect, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's a discrepancy between our fallen state and the perfection that is demanded of us before we can get into heaven. What's to be done? Only the death and resurrection of Jesus can bridge that gap. Without the merits of his sacrifice, any attempts we make at a life of virtue are futile. But he has also given us the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us and equip us to pursue a life of holiness. So how can we best prepare ourselves so that when we die, 
we can be sure that we will be eligible to experience the beatific vision and live with God forever in bliss. Several times in the Gospels, Jesus tells us to watch and be on guard because we never know the day or the hour. We should live as though this day will be our last. It's said that St Francis of Assisi was once cultivating a row of beans in his garden when a pilgrim approached and asked, What would you be doing now if you knew this was the last day of your earthly life? St Francis smiled and replied, I would keep on hoeing. That kind of attitude can only come about if a person is already living the kind of life that will lead to heaven. How do we then live that kind of life? Again, Jesus tells us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, when the Pharisees are quizzing him about various points of the law. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We can be prepared for the Lord's return or our own death, whichever happens to come sooner, by following those two commandments. And Jesus gives us a practical example of how to love God and our neighbour by demonstrating it in his own life. He loved God by taking time regularly for personal prayer. It was in prayer that Jesus steeped himself in the love of God. Many times he sought refuge from his busy ministry and from the press of the crowds by slipping away to pray to God the Father. And it was from that wellspring of prayer that he found the source from which he could love other people in turn. And it is the same for us. We love God through praying regularly and opening ourselves to the love that the Holy Spirit stirs up in us. We also love God by combating our own evil tendencies. And we love our neighbour in practical ways of service, kindness, gentleness, affection, being available, listening, helping, praying for them and supporting them emotionally, spiritually, physically and financially. We love our neighbour through forgiving those who hurt us, forgiving our enemies, not holding grudges and doing good to those who persecute us. So when Jesus tells us to be prepared, he also gives us a blueprint for how we can ensure that when the time comes for us to move on from this earthly life, we are ready to meet the Lord face to face. Let's pray and ask the Lord for the grace to be prepared. Lord Jesus, you have warned us not to cling to the things of this world, but to keep our eyes on the kingdom of heaven, wherein lies our salvation. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we can love you and love our neighbour as you have taught us, and so be ready to enter into the heavenly realms of light when we come to meet you face to face. Amen. We finish this episode with a poem written in red by Jeremy Dowsett at the last Whitson celebration. 
entitled Chop Suey 1978. Chop Suey 1978. When they came to our street from Vietnam as refugees, boat people, my grandmother invited them to dinner. Are they Catholic? Well then, they eat the same body from the same table. That was all that mattered to her. Speaking of tables, the Foms had seven children, as did my grandparents. Lord knows where all those children sat. Irish to the bone, and a poor cook, even by Irish standards. <laughs> she still hoped to serve her guests something familiar to them. So she made chop suey, which is, of course, Chinese, not Vietnamese. Thank God for merciful language barriers. They probably thought she was introducing them to American food. <laughs> or maybe they knew and loved her for taking the risk. Either way, they must have known as they crowded wordlessly around that simple table that my grandmother knew that we are all boat people. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Please tune in next time for more conversation, reflections, and Catholic culture. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop us a line to give us feedback or suggest future topics to feature, write us at podcast at corelancing.org. You can find the Church of the Resurrection online at corelancing.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.